Welcome to the self-evident podcast. It's Monday. You got Mike. You got Mass. We're building the compilation. Doesn't he look so awake, folks? Those of you listening, can't you tell he's so awake? <laughs> it is for us. One of them fangs. Chicken wangs. Yeah, one of them. One of, Bell clangs. That, this color is not good on me, fellas. Like, it's just not. I wasn't going to say what the, anything. What? Color of the shots off. Like it's yeah. Why, why do I look <laughs> red? I think it's because of that light. Because it's on, like, you it moved. We moved that light here. No, I've moved that light before. But I seriously look like a highlighted Christmas bulb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be funny. Well, I am, but it's true. It's Welcome, cool. it's everybody. Cool. I, I'm good with it. We'll leave it. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. How do not you really, do that? I mean, <laughs> there's there's a whole effort that we're not going to put into it because I don't care that much. <laughs> I mean, geez, if we were having like two million listeners a week, which we'll get to. I'll yeah. fix it. <laughs> it's a good thing our producer treats it as such. Yeah. I love how our producer. I'll fix it off. Geez, what else do you want me to do? I can tell that you guys missed me. We did. Easy. Well, of course. Well, did I mean, you see the production value we had on Friday? No, I listened to it. Uh, well, about the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where, yeah, there's, there's a, there's definitely something. <laughs> it's weird because, like, do, doing these shows, you think, what, what, what else can we talk about? And there's always something, right? Definitely, there's always something we could be talking about, and something to have your opinion based on it yeah. things like that so you're like does anyone ever care about what we're talking about seriously I feel like you you know like i it's it's not like we have to right right and there are a lot of people who i hear it's like i don't even want to know your opinion you know what i mean like yeah. i don't i don't i don't care to know your opinion I'm glad that you have an opinion. Good for you, but sometimes I don't care. <laughs> Do people think the same about me? Like, or you? It's like, oh, I'm sure. Who, who cares? Like, why? Why do I care what, what the, you say yeah, about what, this? Yeah, what the heck do I care for? You know, <laughs> I, two goofs on a camera talking about but stuff. Actually, three cameras. I'm pal. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. Pal. Three I'm cameras. Pal. You're right. I'm... Moving up in the world. Hey, we actually have room for a fourth, but we don't have room for a fourth. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Donate to us. We need a bigger space. <laughs> we... <laughs> I like the segue. That was a swing pitch. That was a... right into it. Right, into, right it. into it. That's perfect pitch. Right into a flow. Just, we... just caved her in. I think we. Have... I landed the plane. Yes. On that one. That she. She. Yep. She. We're good. She hopped, but we we got her. We're yeah. we're, we're, st we're stabilities. Yeah. You know that feeling right after the plane lands, but it's slowing down. You ever feel like? I wonder if this single tip. Tell, tell me, <laughs> tell me, you ain't one of the people like when when the plane lands, you're like, thank God. You know what I mean? I'm one of them dudes. Like, you got this pilot. Who knows how long he's been a pilot, right? I don't know why we're talking about this, but hey, like, they're coming in hot and heavy, and you're uh -huh. like, I'm just waiting for it to land. I'm waiting for it to land. And you're like, oh god, okay. He popped a tire. You know my, I mean? my my most nerve wracking moment <laughs> is right after it lands and they're slowing down because I just picture the whole plane going. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like every does time, this thing, does, this thing, does this thing have brakes? <laughs> right? Like, like is this guy and gonna... just and dude, you know how everybody was like comfortable. All of a sudden, it hits, and then you're like forced to have the seatbelt tear into your <laughs> tear into your chest because you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh Lord. I mean, you you become a Catholic, you become whatever <laughs> prayer warrior, interceder, like all of it at once. You know, like dude, or I'm I'm a seer. I saw heaven that. <laughs> <laughs> Or that moment right after it takes off and there's almost that little drop. Yeah, you ever your, notice your that? Stomach, yeah. Your stomach is still down <laughs> on the ground and it's your like, body's going up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why did my stomach just get pooped out of me? Yeah, I know that feeling. I, you know, we're planes for a second, right? What the heck? I, stupid little fact that helped me. So, you know, in turbulence when it's like... <laughs> And everybody goes, ah! and everybody, everybody thinks they're going to die. Right. I looked it up. The last plane to crash from turbulence was 1966. Huh? So I think we're okay. Well, until 2022 when it happened again. Mouth, <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> We're here to bring you hope oh, and man. life and faith, folks. There's wouldn't, no question here. Wouldn't you love if that's how we went viral is the next day that happened and everybody oh, was like, these up. guys called it. Oh, man. No. Spoke that, it into existence. They, they spoke it into the universe and the universe responded. They're evil, awful you, people. You know what kids are saying these days? You have to manifest it by oh, speaking because... it out. Dude, and, and to that's, say, that's like, not just, think about, not even just like... think about this, right? Because the Bible talks about reaping and sowing, right? right. What you sow is what you reap. If right. you, if, if you, dude, it's a natural principle. It's a spiritual concept that's a natural principle, right? Like, if you put in the time for something, it'll happen. Yeah. Like, or you die. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. You can't you, well, I mean, right? One or like, the other. I mean, yeah, like, if, if you consistently, and there are some, there's a, there's a, there's a case or five that are like, you know, extra things happen where that that gold never happens right but for the most part if you sow into it you pretty much reap it yeah a, a moment comes and they're like yeah it just manifested or it was the universe why don't you just say god like if you're gonna say universe what is universe what's all of this who did all of this you know yeah. what i mean like and then or manifest it what it just happens out of thin air and you don't believe in miracles but right. it just manifests itself i manifest this but miracles don't happen Right. So like what? Because of their ignorance, I'm serious. And I don't mean to offend you, but like because of pride, the Bible says the wicked through his countenance won't seek after God. God right. is not in all of his thoughts. So we turn our face against God and say, well, it must be just manifesting. It just happens. Are you telling me that that doesn't take more faith to believe in than God? And that next step becomes I was the one who manifested it. Do you notice, sure, you notice the sure. truth behind those words, right? But, but you're saying that it was manifest, right? What did right. you do to man? Like, what did you do? Well, and, and my point is, like, you you start putting yourself in the place of God. You said, no, no, God, God can't be a part of that. He doesn't do that. I manifested that. Oh, so now you're in charge of that power, that metaphysical power. It's very close to I'm God and producing. Well, it's right? crazy, too, because then when we produce it, we become the God of it. We become like the territory, like king of it. Right. Yeah. And that's where you see factions blow up. And dude, this happens in churches. This happens in, in anything. When people I was thinking about this this morning, when you when when lust, the Bible says in James has conceived, it brings forth sin. People think lust is like sexual. No, yeah. it's not. Same. When the lust for power, the lust for money, yeah. the lust for when it conceives, Right. When lust has conceived and lust is a un unspiritually born desire, like it's, it's an unspiritual, ungodly born desire. It's not ungodly to want money, but the desire and the lust for it causes you to do things outside of God to get it. Right. So right. when lust has conceived, the Bible says it brings forth sin. Sin, when it's finished, it kills you. Yeah. It brings forth death. Right. And I kept thinking, like, man, how many of us actually have a lust for power, a lust for money, a lust for attention a lust for uh, uh always being right uh, you know what i mean like this insatiable appetite to always be on top and like i i've been there and sometimes dude like this last weekend here i've been really trying to ask the lord actually not trying doing search my heart oh god know me and try my thoughts you know like all those things that david prayed i hate those prayers i'll tell you why nobody wants to see themselves for who they really are unless i mean you you do when you're in the moment right but there are times it's like i don't want to deal with that like just let me be yeah. me for a minute, you know? And of course, some of you spiritual people out there be like, I don't agree with that. I just want to be like Jesus. Okay, cool. Good for you. I'm struggling with always wanting to know who I, I'm serious. Like, yeah. let's get real. There are times where I'm like, Lord, I don't like those prayers because I hate seeing myself as wicked sometimes before you. I hate that. I hate that feeling of I'm not clean. I'm, I'm not, you know, every time his Holy Spirit gets exposed in my life, I'm like, man, there's things to clean up yeah. all the time. It and cleaning out sin can be painful it is. for us because it hurts the pride. It it hurts your image of yourself. It hurts how you yeah. see the world. It hurts how you view your relationship with the Lord. True. Right? And it also like reveals the lie you've been under for so long, thinking you were doing right, which can be embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You. It's it's uh, it's uh, yeah, embarrassing is the right word, I guess. But it's also like, dang, I wasted all that time, you know, yeah. thinking that was right. And, and you know, listen. You work through it, right? You're like, okay, the Lord redeems it, right? If he redeems it, I must be redeemed, right? Type of thing. So you don't carry the condemnation of it. You don't carry the guilt and the shame of it. But you're like, dang, you know, I thought that was actually right the whole time, and it wasn't. Yeah. And how, how, many, how many times did I preach that way, or how many times did I think that way? Or, you know, sometimes it's easy for us to this, – this one was one, one of the hardest things to overcome, how I hid my bitterness towards people, towards certain 
person or two people. And I would justify it by saying, well, they hurt me. So I'm just not going to make, I'm going to make sure that I never stay around it. They're forgiven though. You know, they're, they're cool. Right. But you hide this inward bitterness a lot. Right. And you justify this bitterness and I learned how to do it. And you lie to yourself saying I've forgiven that person when you really haven't, you know what I mean? Like, so there's this, that's just one example. Right. But when you find that out, you're like, man, I walked like for five years that way. And it's, because there's those different levels, right? We can say, oh, I've forgiven them, but we never really get to that deeper you level. You never get to the deep level. Right. And that digging hurts. That that it digging does. is tough because you're breaking down old old structures, old lies, old beliefs. You got to cut through those in order to get to that real bitterness, right? Yeah. That's why it's so tough to actually pray, Lord, search my heart. I think – I know I – get afraid of praying that lord yeah, yeah, yeah. let's get down let's get search down my business. heart yeah instead of ah oh, lord forgive me for this and yeah, this yeah, and this no. and i just happened to push that one back into the recesses and then we're not going to talk yeah. about that lord yeah. you know that whole bitterness thing like there's two reasons why it's so tough one if you're really walking in humility god will show you well it wasn't just them that hurt you you stayed in it so yeah. like but the second thing is you have to realize god's sovereign so you were in that situation for that minute Right. right. Whoever hurt you or whoever like hurt. I'm not talking about physical abuse. OK, let's just just don't do that. OK, we're not saying oh, stay in that relationship. God meant it to happen. No, there are times where you learn from that mistake. You learn from that relationship. You learn from that hurt. Uh, and, and so you have to really give it to the Lord. You know, when, when you say, Lord, I was in it. It happened. Use it for your glory, Lord. How yeah. do I get over this and use it for your glory? Cleanse my heart. Know me. Right. When he says, purge me with hyssop that I should be clean, you know, wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Like Psalm 51. Yeah. So like you're, I don't know. We're, we're talking about some different things, but it's right. And, and kind of put a cap on it. Um, one thing that you just made me think of is when David finally admits his sin before the Lord, his sin with Bathsheba and all that, he says against you alone. Have I sinned? Dude, I preached it before. Yeah. Right. Like that, that the rich, the, the prodigal son story. Yeah. When he comes back to his father. He said against heaven and heaven alone. Right. Like and and we can't conceive of that idea yeah. in our normal process because our normal process is oh, I, I sinned against Elijah. You know, forgive me, Elijah. I'm sinning against heaven. Right? right. Because the lawmaker is the one who wrote the law and I'm breaking the law. So therefore, who am I transgressing against in my action? God. You know, it's funny, too, <laughs> is if you're really honest with yourself in a lot of ways with these types of sins. When you commit against your brother, you've had that rebellion in your heart before God for a while. You yes. just never saw it. Yeah. You never caught it. So like you're operating in the rebellion in a in a in a you've operated in it, you just didn't realize it until right. it came out. Oh my gosh, Elijah, I'm so sorry. I should have never done that, blah, blah, blah. Yet the whole time that was against the Lord. That, that's right. where your heart was, really. That's good. And the Lord's cleaning you out. That's the cool part, is like when you're his son, he really is cleaning you out. He wants to remove that from you. Yeah. He's not looking at you with a hammer and saying, you know, you, you screwed up again, kid. No, he's like, okay, cool. Did you see it? You got to remove that so you can move forward. Remove the stones so I can let the water flow. You know what I mean? Right. So I anyways. love it. So let's segue, hard segue. Odd. Top. We, went from, good, we went from faces <laughs> to planes to <laughs> inward <laughs> sin. And all of a sudden started preaching. Hey, the Lord Whatever. leads. The Lord leads. So we're going to have a little discussion. About Next week, we're going to preach on the sin of gluttony. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing so, it on location at right. the best diner in the world yeah, waffle house waffle house <laughs> so glad you Did had you, it oh my <laughs> God. wait it's exactly what i was thinking someone of. just said the other day it was like waffle house is the southern hibachi prove me wrong because of the griddle <laughs> dude <laughs> Southern hibachi. Instead of Ichiro going, oh, here you go. You got some black Sammy. lady. Man, you want grits on that? <laughs> or you got Sammy back there, you know, wearing the same shirt. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's belly hanging yeah, out. Right, 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 right. You right. come right up. Hold no, on. So, so you ever notice Southern Baptist never preaching? <laughs> we can't do that. It would ruin our charm. Right. And you want to know who the who the preacher is in that small southern town? Go to the cafe. Find That's the right, fattest right, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to those of you Southern Baptists who are chubby, I relate. Dude, I'm not even Southern I'm Baptist. I'm here to minister. I saw a meme 
and it was saying how to tell whether or not a hurricane is going to be very bad. Mm -hmm. One is Jim Cantore in your town, and two is Waffle House closed. That's <laughs> 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 true. <laughs> If even Ron behind the griddle is going, I'm out, you know it's time to get out. <laughs> All right. So today we are actually talking about truth. So last week or Friday, a couple of days ago, technically last week, and now it's this week, we were talking about truth. Yes. I need a map to that sentence. <laughs> I'm like, he's, he's alert. He's, he's alive. Somewhere. I'm, I'm over here like, <laughs> Where are we going? I was the whole time. Like, Jeez. All right. <laughs> out the gate. So we were talking about truth last week. We were talking about introspective truth. We were talking about how do you how do you sort through defining truth, right? How do we? How do we? I have no clue. Mm. Watch that podcast and you'll find <laughs> out. So today we're talking about redefining words, right? It, Orwell's 1984 sums this up perfectly. Comment if you've ever read that before, the Orwells. Or and if you haven't, you need to. Yeah, you have to. It's going to open your the peepers. It's supposed to be fiction, but it's become a manual for the Democrat Party. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Ooh. Are we not in those days? We are. Matter right. of fact, we have to go to war with Russia now. Is what for peace. For peace. Right? For stability. And your freedom of speech is actually slavery. You will be free when they start censoring speech on the internet. Yeah, because then everybody will be free because we'll get rid of all the bad people. Exactly. We'll all be free. And of course, don't ignorance, ignorance, don't look at that misinformation, that disinformation. Just just let us tell you what to believe. Yeah, because that, that's to the what experts. unifies us. If we all think the same way, we're going to be stronger. That's so terrible. Anyways. Anyways, so you're hearing this. Texas passed an abortion law last year known as the Texas Heartbeat Act. And this was what really kind of sparked this is I want to talk about words that the left has changed in order to change the narrative. And now this law determines that if a baby's heartbeat is detected in the womb, the baby cannot be aborted. Seems fair. Now, of course, Planned Parenthood came out June 1st, 2021, posting an article arguing that it should not be considered a fetal heartbeat. Now, why does this matter? Because Stacey Abrams made the same argument recently. What do they call it? Cardiac activity. Not a fetal heartbeat. Cardiac activity. So this article stated, why do politicians and opponents opponents of reproductive rights use provocative phrases such as fetal heartbeat, pot, meat, kettle, because they place false images in people's minds, false images meant to make people view common and accepted health care as immoral and shameful. In truth, the fetal heartbeat talking point is misinformation intended to deceive the press and public. As gynecologist Dr. Jennifer Gunter explains, at six weeks of fetal development, there is no heart that beats. Instead, there is detectable activity within a four millimeter wide growth known as a fetal pole. You notice that? Let's give how small it is, so therefore it doesn't matter. <clears throat> not only that, what's going to develop there if it's not a heart? Like, what's in, what, where is that spot that it's detected? In the, in the chest? What was going to be in the chest? Does the lungs beat? Does your stomach beat? Mine does on some sriracha. But like, you know, does your heart? That, you know, let's let's get into that. You got something? He's thinking uh, about sriracha. Yeah, he is. He's like, man, I want sriracha. I, 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 I love how they they said, no, that's not how it is. And then proceeded to define a heartbeat with the definition <laughs> of what a heartbeat is. We don't have earthquakes anymore. We just have shifting of the tectonic plates. <laughs> all those ripples. That's all just that's, that's all just the tectonic dude, plates moving. Solid. <laughs> solid. That's a good that's good. good exactly. For you. See? That's that, see, sure. that's why he's on the show. We, now he's hired. There yes. we go. You we now get, get a paycheck. He, yes. he keeps his job another week. <laughs> see? See? And remember to like and subscribe. Hey! <laughs> two weeks. Hey! We'll give him two weeks now. He is on. He's on top of it. So over at MSN.com, three doctors were interviewed on their opinions of this matter. 
MSN reports, Dr. Jennifer Villavicencio. <laughs> yeah, you say it. The lead for equity trans. Hear this. Lead for equity transformation with the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists in Washington, D.C. Do we need equity transformation in our gynecologists? Said she believes it is more accurate to call it cardiac activity since the heart is not fully developed yet at six weeks. What is beating? We'll get there. It's the electrical impulses that will eventually begin to form the anatomy of the human heart. So when we say, can you detect a fetal heartbeat? It's complex because we can start to see the beginnings of it, but it's not the entire anatomical heart. It's not developed at that point. Uh, yeah, it's not fully formed. But did you just say that a uh, ultrasound detects electrical activity? So is it alive or dead? Hmm. Let us ponder. So let's go forward. The other doctors agree the heart is not fully formed, but argue that the cardiac pole still pumps blood at that point. One named Dr. Ingrid Scott said the reality is the structure is present, the heart, the blood cells are present to be pumped, and the electrical activity is present, Scope said. Now, the heart will get more complicated, so at this initial point, it's more or less a tube, but it will convolute and fold so there's four chambers so that it has valves. My question is, if there's electrical activity, besides the fact the blood that blood is flowing through it, blood is flowing, and besides the fact that an ultrasound detects sound, it's uh, not an EKG. It's uh -huh. not detecting electrical activity. It's detecting sound. What is that sound? It's electrical impulses. Doom. 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 That sounds like pumping, which a heart just happens to do. I think too, like if they keep defining the words such as it's it's cardiac activity, right. and they say, well, it's not really this; it's not fully developed. So blah blah blah. Look what they're doing to sexualize our kids. Well, as long as they're not fully developed yet, we can put them on a path. So let's give them surgery to make them who they're really right. supposed to be. I was thinking the exact same thing. What age does the brain fully is the brain fully developed? Twenty five. In men, about 50. <laughs> <laughs> and all the ladies said amen. <laughs> but Once testosterone levels drop and drive drops, all of a sudden the brain fully forms. I can think clearly yeah, can think now. now. <laughs> but, okay, if, if the average, or if I guess one in like 25 men's brains are done growing and, and is fully formed at 25, same with females, I don't know. I think sooner, right? They're, yeah, they're, they're a little bit sooner. More, yeah. more mature. Why are we one? forcing Something kids like at extremely young ages from ages 8 to 15 to go through life-altering sex changes? Because you while don't their understand brain... science. Apparently not, because we're allowing these kids to change their lives with a fully undeveloped brain saying that they have the right to do this, and yet people are looking at a heartbeat not calling it a heartbeat because the heart isn't fully developed saying therefore it's not a, it's not a life my brain isn't fully developed yet am i not a life am i Ooh, good point well yeah dude that's a great point that's a really good point dude like if we say things aren't fully developed and so therefore we can't define them as such until they're developed so if it's not fully developed and we can't trust what it is why are we having kids rule the parents now like, if they're not fully developed, how can they make the decisions best for them? Right. You see what I'm saying? That's good. So, like, go down this train for a minute. You're helping me with this. Like, yeah. go down this train for a second, yeah. right? If they're not fully developed, therefore, it's not worth something. Why are we taking a five-year-old's opinion on what he, she should be? Right. Because it's not fully developed. Not fully developed. We can't trust it. In it's... that theory, right? don't do anything with it because you can't trust it. It's not alive. It doesn't. You know what? That little kid shouldn't even be talking in your theory because it's not fully developed. Right. How are you taking this kid's work? See what I'm saying? This is where if you can't see what sin does to people, it confuses, right? Yes. And, and, and the ignorance part is they'll, they'll throw a fact out there. What's well, cardiac? And people will be like, oh, okay, yeah. right, that's what it is. And they'll push that narrative and they'll keep doing it. And the people who are ignorant won't even dig into it. They won't right. even think about it. Yeah. And that's that, that process of word use, that process of word uh -huh. use, of definition, that matters because if they, can say, if they can say cardiac activity, 
instead of fetal heartbeat, all of a sudden, oh, that, that doesn't sound very human. That just sounds scientific. It does not. And dehumanizing, dehumanizing is the best ways to get rid of something. Something. I'm only doing that because he's smarter. <laughs> I got to like sound you're, smart. You're like my hype man. I need, I, to, I like, need to get hey, you a chalice and, you know. Got to start thinking with some knowledge, huh? <laughs> so I, I went through a list of yeah. words that have been redefined or changed in order to help a narrative, right? So we've got gay used to mean happy. Whoa. Oh, I know. It's scary, huh? But you would never say to your brother, yeah, man, I'm feeling so gay today. Right? Well, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, unless you're feeling gay. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, see, our brains aren't fully developed. <laughs> I'm 41. Why couldn't I get 50. through that? Why couldn't I'm I get? Shoot. Why couldn't I get through that without a joke? Why? I mean, I didn't make it My either. Maturity. So. We're we're shooting for fifty, guys. Yeah, fifty. Uh, don't get offended, but queer used to mean weird. Queer. Then it was used as slang. Then it was redefined to mean somebody not heteronormative. There's another one. An F word used to mean a cigarette or pile of sticks, and it became slang. Used to be illegal immigrant. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to throw that. Well, one no, I mean, it, th th back in the days, they used to use yep. faggots to the, the, there were pile sticks, of sticks, pile of sticks to light fires. Yep. That's what. And then it, it got turned to like, especially an English term for a cigarette or whatever. I think they still tend to use it that way. But mm -hmm. uh, illegal immigrant. They tried refugee. That didn't really catch. That didn't click. So they've used migrant, undocumented immigrant, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's not food stamps. It's entitlements. I hate that word. Entitlement. You are entitled to this payment from the government for your food. Yo, there's this there's this uh, this podcast. I think it's called Just Pearly or something like that. And it's it's a bunch of people who actually talk about feminism, masculinity. And this one girl's on there talking about men have it harder than women. And you could hear the women like, what? what? It's a lady who is like. Yeah. Men struggle more than women ever could. And they're like, wait, what? Because they carry the baby to term. And yeah. She's like, but think about it. Men never get bailed out. Women do. If the, if the man ha gets a girl pregnant and she doesn't want it, he has no choice in it. She goes and gets an abortion. Yeah. If she does want to keep it and he doesn't want to keep it, he still has to pay for it. If, if he gets in trouble, right, he gets called bankruptcy. It's encouraged for women to actually be single and not have a father in the house because you get more benefits. So, like, she went through this whole litany and I was like, golly. I've never even thought about is, that like is, that, like that way. You know what I mean? Is that like a, a redheaded chick or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. that one. Yeah, she goes, she's like women it, it, to, to jump on that. She she's like women don't feel the consequence of their decisions. Right. So you have a baby. You She'd don't want cool. it. Look, abortion. Right? Girl, we need to get you on the podcast. Yeah, It'd be cool to talk to, to her and the people that are with her. It'd be really cool to like hear their perspective and why they do it. Because she's very like <laughs> almost like men should be championed and yeah. I, I think that's her position uh she's obviously not letting men off the hook men need to be right. responsible she's talking about that too but like it's cool to hear a perspective and what's cool is she's not like trying to tiptoe she's just like this is what it is yeah and people will eviscerate it, they'll, they'll attack her but and i've seen her direct it so right he, at other women yeah. you know like no, no 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 you you don't understand how well you have it like <laughs> we'll men aren't you, the we'll, problem we'll here. get you on the podcast miss <laughs> just pearly I don't know. I don't know if that's what it's called. I, I would like to look it up. I've just seen the reels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, racism. <coughs> this is no longer racial prejudice. This is privilege plus power. You know, race doesn't even work into that. How is it that racism? And I, I had an argument with a professor when I was in college about this because she, she was like, she used the term racism or asked, you know, what is racism? You know, oh, it's discrimination based on race. No. It's privilege plus power. I said, no, it's not. Nobody, nobody sees it that way. That's not the connotation of the word. And I'm calling her out in front of the class. I said, that's not it. You're trying to redefine it now and then hold everybody to your new definition. Racism is racial discrimination Which based we, on race. Little, little hint. <laughs> we're working on a book and, and we, him and I were talking about the difference between a, a, a uh, tribal unit mm -hmm. and a cult. There really is none. Both no. of them use shame to retain people. So the more they keep you ignorant, 
when they set a new definition, a new standard, a new high, they shame you into not believing what they believe. So they keep you under. So there's no longer force needed. Shame will keep a person harder than force ever could. Yeah. Shame will keep you under stronger than any force could. That's why bondage is so disgusting and sin. Right. That's why people sometimes can't overcome. That's why they can't come to Jesus because their shame is so heavy. And yet here's Jesus saying, I want to remove the guilt and shame from you. But in a cult, for example, I've been in one, you know what I mean? And, and I don't care if this person ever hears this again. I love that dude to death, but that's what it ultimately turned into was, was a cult. The shame that was used to keep you under, right? It's like, you'll never succeed. You'll never grow. You'll never do this. That's why you need to listen to me because I'm getting this revelation from God. I've been there. Now, don't give me this crap. That's why religions don't work. Dude, you are literally under it right now if you're Antifa, BLM, and all this other stuff. You're right. under the same thing. Men can pervert anything they want, right? So, But what happens is with this, if they keep changing the, the line, they're like, why didn't you see the line? Well, because this was the line yesterday. And they're like, it doesn't matter. So come to this line. And when you're not there, that's why you need to be in this group because you're a white person. You'll always be racist. And this is how it is. And then when you hit that line, they move the line again. Yeah. And they keep that standard changing. You get stuck in that cycle. And every time the word changes, you better catch up. And they eat their own. That's, that's This is what's so you crazy. Know, you, don't, you don't fit the definition today. They'll eat you. You who are Christian and atheist, think about this. If they keep changing the definitions, right? Why is it important to have Christ as the anchor? The word has not changed. No, it's been translated. Read it cover to cover. Tell me what's, tell me what's against yeah. each other. T find something. But... It never changes. It points back to Jesus. Each book will point back to Christ, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what's unique about the scriptures is that it doesn't change. It doesn't fail. Jesus never fails. He never gave up on me. He always pursued me, which is not even a selfish thing to say. I didn't love God. I hated him. I didn't care about his ways. I didn't care about anything. And then all of a sudden, Romans 7 comes to play. Sins illuminated in my heart. I see Jesus for who he is. He took the punishment and guilt and shame off me when I believed. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's all it took was me believing on the name of the Son of God. I believed in that that uh, bur death, burial, and resurrection. I took that on, and I said, now, Lord, you're the Lord. I want to follow you. Send me the Holy Spirit so that I can hear. When that happened, it was like, okay, different perspective. Now I understand that there is no more shame because there is no condemnation in Christ. Now I walk in grace, right? He doesn't keep changing the standard on me. He doesn't keep changing the, the, the line. I am now redeemed. Yes. I'm adopted. I'm in the fold. I'm a son of God. I'm in the thing. There's no shame in that, right? People be like, but he keeps pointing out sin. No, 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 no. He's not pointing out sin to hurt you. He's saying walk holy so that you can be holy. Walk in holiness. Walk in truth. Walk in righteousness. Walk in. You see what I'm saying? Whereas in the cult, it's constantly changing, and, and and you never achieve. To your to your point, you had mentioned something about this idea of grace, and I don't remember if you mentioned it on the podcast or just while we were talking, but the the your concept of grace was so twisted in that group. I think we were talking. Were we talking? And and just how cults, tribes redefine things and make you catch up to it. Yeah. You you had to go outside of it to start to understand what grace actually means. So right? so the, the average Christian today learns what grace is. It's unmerited favor. I didn't deserve it. Blah blah blah. I wasn't raised in that flow. I was raised in. No, it's, it's the metric of overcoming. And when you have a walk in grace, you're always overcoming. You're always doing this. You're always going to bear fruit because grace in you empowers you to overcome. That's true. But, dude, don't miss the element. And I'm kind of glad. This is going to sound weird to people. I'm actually kind of glad I learned it that way. Because when I caught the unmerited favor part, it changed my life. Yeah. I can walk in both the grace and the law at the same time. I can walk. And, and hear me out when I'm saying that. I'm not saying I walk in the law. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I have such a reverence for the word and for obedience now in, as best I can. And I walk in the grace saying, I can't always, I can't do it on my own Lord. Yeah. I want to obey you though. So like, I got this really cool, like, boom, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the arrow was cocked back. Now it's in the center where it's supposed to be. So I'm actually kind of glad that's how I was brought up in it in a sense. And I feel like it, it also did was the original, the, the definition that you were raised in was more self-centric and the grace was the grace showed as a fruit after the fact right yeah. so if you if you overcame i must have had grace yeah, yeah right yeah. and and when you when you learn the proper role you like you were saying it, it helped you snap into it but it also turned it off of you 
into the Lord. And all of a sudden the grace is before you keeping you I love going. That. That's you know such what a I mean? great point. Yeah. I, I wish I could remember the reformer that said this, but he, and, and you got to hear it with your heart. Don't hear it with your head because people hate the law. But he said, you will never understand the beauty of grace or something like that until you understand and be under the thunderings of Sinai. Hmm. Like I have to know Ooh. what it's like to be under the law first. It yeah. condemned me. There was nothing about it that was in me that was good. I could not overcome. I could not achieve it. I can't. Right. But then grace becomes so much sweeter because you understand that condemnation. You understand yes. what weight and the sin did to you. Jesus didn't put you under that condemnation. God never put you under that. We did it ourselves. Yeah. We sin and we love to sin. That's where our nature goes. Thank God for the new nature. Thank God for the new blood. Thank God for the new covenant. You know, so like, and, and I wish I could remember. And if you okay. know it, type it down below. But like, I, I wish I could remember who said that. And I used to know all these quotes and I had to reform yeah. because like I had to get that out of my head so that now I understand it properly. Right. And I, I love that because grace, grace becomes kind of that shining light of in front of oh you. Oh my gosh. You know, you, you, you. You've and you never want to violate the, it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a respect and an honor to it because all of a sudden it's not oh grace is produced by my own my own works right, and therefore because that gets into a God will bless me when I'm worthy of the blessing. He blesses the righteous and the unrighteous, right? Sure he does. makes it rain on both. So therefore, that grace sits in front of us continuing the process forward and we get to come behind it. It brings us along, right? His grace abounds but new do you see, every day. Do you see how dangerous it is? Like, this is what's unique about, I'm so glad we're talking about this now because it brings more revelation. Do you see why discernment and prayer and word reading is so important? Good call. Because he does bless the righteous and the unrighteous, right? And you could be a terror of wheat, not even know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could be walking as a terror, well, he blesses me. It seems like it's working. So I'm just going to keep on doing what I do. But the righteous man says, no, Lord, I want to be perfected in Christ. I want to be perfect. I really, truly want to be like Paul. And he said, follow me, but not as me, as Christ. And, you know, that righteous man seeks out truth as opposed to just accepting what's the blessing. To him. Oh, my gosh. Right? Dude, this is good. Yeah. So and, and to relate it back to the whole thing, because I think this is great. You seek if if you're seeking out the truth and not just buying what's given to you, you can ferret in between all the junk that's given to you, and you can you can find that truth out, right? And it's it the Lord is the source of the truth, right? The Lord is the source of the truth. You seek him out and you start to see how people are twisting things for their own narratives. And I'm not going to get too far into it, but I've got a whole bunch of information which we can post up on the website. Just, yeah, yeah, let's go, do it. Go to the selfevidenttruth.com. Um, By the and, way, if you're not sharing this, you're ridiculous. And Massey's going to make a point. And after we'll get, his we'll, point, we'll I'm going to talk about I just want to end. I want to end where we were on the grace thing. It's kind of yeah. cool how it happened, but just listen to this. Colossians 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, Seek those things, which means you have to discipline yourself to seek. Yes. He's doing that to tell you you need to seek. He said, keep seeking things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse two. No, verse. Yeah. Verse two. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Verse three. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. So your old nature is dead. Hopefully that's right. And then verse four, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider your members on your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. And I think that's the point. All those things lead up to idolatry, ourselves, yes. our self-gratification, our yes. self-lust. So when you're truly raising Christ, seek those things above. Set your affection on things above. Seek that. And, and you know, this is what I struggle with all the time. Like, Lord, I want more of that. I don't want to seek in the mornings things that don't matter, that don't profit. Because it's easy to get on your phone. It's easy to do all these things. And I'm disciplining myself. Thank you, God. I'm trying to just not trying. I'm not trying to earn his favor. It's because I have his favor. I want to do that. Yeah. You understand? That's the flip. You part. want to be better. It's not condemnation. Yeah. Like, because I have your favor, I want to walk in your favor. I want to walk in that more. Yeah. Like, thank you for the favor. I didn't deserve it. So let me walk in that. Let me be yeah. clean in that. You know, I love that. And that's when we look at what the world is telling us and we have that vision of I want to go where the Lord wants me to go. That's it's important to note that there are forces that are pushing against you. Right. And I'm not going to get too far into it because we're, we're about finished up, but this idea of propaganda. And I think this, 
redefining words aspect, you have to recognize that redefining words is a massive movement of propaganda. And what propaganda does is tries to get you to buy into the narrative that whatever establishment, government, group in power wants you to believe and fall in line with. And we saw it with Goebbels, right? And, and that whole, the, the machine of World War II Germany was propaganda. Get everybody in line to buy what we're selling them, right? Soviet Union. They had a department known as the Main Administration for Literary and Publishing Affairs, abbreviated as GLAVLIT. This agency was established in 1922 with the sole purpose of censorship and protecting state secrets. What do you think they did? They censored where they didn't like what was being told, a.k.a. the truth. Any truth that goes against the narrative, well, we got to get rid of that. And then we'll redefine words. Yeah. Right? Yep. And, and watch... In, in today's common language, watch where they start telling you, no, we don't use that term anymore. Climate change, global warming, right? But it really, was global warming. Now it's climate change. Yep, they're, they're changing it. But I really do think you should hit Alinsky's rules. You want like, to? You, yeah. you should because like there's, there's a lot in that. Why we go off on these tangents is because, again, we're trying to re- not redefine, define what it's always been defined as. Yeah. But look at the tactic of the enemy. And do tell me this isn't Satan's way to, 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 to get into you. Rule number one. This is Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals and his whole theory, his yep. philosophy. And, and you, yes, it, this is his philosophy in a nutshell. You need to read rules for radicals just to understand. And you'll recognize how much this stuff is in use today. So rule number one, power is not only what you have, but what an opponent thinks you have. If your organization is small, hide your numbers in the dark. Man, is that not spiritual? And raise a din that will make everyone think you have many more people than you do. Rule number two, never go outside the experience of your people. The result is confusion, fear, and retreat. In other words, don't allow your people to see outside of their own personal experience. Rule three, whenever possible, go outside the experience of an opponent. AKA, you're white. You can't understand the black experience. Jeez, man. Here you want to cause confusion, fear, and retreat because what what the white person will do? Oh, you're right. I, I'm I, not racist. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't I, even know. I don't know the experience of a black man. I had a I had a girl try that on me in college. She's like, you can't talk about this because you don't know what it's like to be a black male. I said, you can't tell me what my experiences have been. So don't you dare judge me on what I can talk and not talk about. Literally, this is the only answer you can use to confusion. Shut up. Yeah, shut up. You tell the enemy you, you you don't have a ground here. Exactly. You do not <clears> have authority <throat> over me. Uh. Rule four, make opponents live up to their own book of rules. You can kill them with this, for they can no more obey their own rules than the Christian church can live up to Christianity. <laughs> How much is that in practice today? Oh, you you don't want abortion? You're not going to take care of all those kids. Dude, it's perfect. Rule five, ridicule is man's most potent <clears throat> weapon. Ridicule. It's hard to counterattack ridicule, and it infuriates the opposition, which then reacts to your advantage. This is why you look at our posts. We don't comment to people who are yeah. Actually, I did comment to one as me last night. This is funny. Oh, did you? There was a video that we released. Right, it's got yeah. some views on it. And guy said weak. He put weak, and I was like, like your fake, <laughs> as put like your fake Instagram account because he only had two followers and didn't have a picture. Right. Yeah. It's obviously, someone who's a shill. He's hiding. Yeah. And so I said, like, you're, it's weak, like your fake Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> this is only, I, I have fun responding to those. Right. It's like, dude, if you're not even going to present yourself, I'm just going to, you know. And, and I love it because I do think that's kind of the antidote to it. Yeah, is you get ridiculed, have fun with it. Yeah. Like, treat it for what it is. It's stupidity. And don't expect the world to agree with what you're saying. So if no. you're going to get ridiculed, it's par for the course. Rule six, a good tactic is one your people enjoy. If your people aren't having a ball doing it, there's something very wrong with the tactic. Isn't it interesting how enthusiastic people are about rioting? Yeah, because it's natural, beastly inclinations hey, to hey, riot. Dude, peaceful protests. Yes, <laughs> mostly peaceful protests. That's right. As that's the right. fires are burning behind you. But no, that's, that's a really good point. Do you notice they point people back to their animalistic desires? Anger, hatred, fury, frustration, bitterness, envy, jealousy. Okay, now go act on those. 
go go do your slut walk go have your orgies go riot and commit violence go go assault other people how often does black lives matter say hey we're gonna all get together and we're gonna pick up the trash in our neighborhood how often does black lives matter goes hey we're gonna go out we're gonna build houses for the homeless yeah uh real fast this is scripture here uh let's see and if he god rescued the righteous slot oppressed by sensual conduct of uh, unprincipled men for he saw that they were righteous men were living among them felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by lawless deeds then the lord verse 9 knows how to this is second peter 2 how to rescue the ungodly from temptation and keep them righteous uh keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment right and this this is where it gets good daring self-willed who are they daring self-willed they do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties, verse 11, whereas angels who are greater in might and power do not bring reviling judgment against them before the Lord, verse 12. But these unlike re- these are like unreasoning animals born as creatures of instinct to be captured and killed, reviling when they have no knowledge, will and uh, when they have no knowledge, will and destruction of those creatures also be destroyed. What he's saying is beasts, when they don't know, when they don't understand, when they don't have reason, they react and they go and they're vile and they're vitriol. And this is what he's saying. Those people are reserved seriously because like they don't understand. They don't have any conscience in them. Right. So let's go out and write. We don't even know what the heck we're writing for. Have you ever seen those videos from the conservatives when they go out there? What are we writing for? What does this mean? Well, it's women's rights. What does that mean? I don't know. It just Trump's a racist. Yeah. You know, so burn the place down. But that's what happens. Literally, they use their lusts against the people. Yes. Are you pissed off? Come riot with us. Right. You get your voice heard. And and you'll notice uh, whether it's Jane's Revenge, whether it's Black Lives Matter, Antifa, you'll always notice the language to get people riled up is come air out your anger, your your frustration, get your passions riled up. And and we even covered Jane's Revenge. who They've been attacking yeah, pro-life businesses or, or centers. Um, their language is basically like come embrace your anger, something to that wow. effect. Uh, rule seven, a tactic that drags on for too long becomes a drag. Commitment may become ritualistic as people turn to other issues. They're, 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 they're twisted by the winds of passion. Yeah. First it was COVID. Then that died off. Climate change was next. Like project Veritas exposed. I got to keep changing. Yep. Because people's passions die out. Oh, we got to find the new passion. Rule eight, keep the pressure on. Use different tactics and actions and use all events of the period for your purpose. The major premise for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure upon the opposition. It is this that will cause the opposition to react to your advantage. Rule nine, the threat is more terrifying than the thing itself. When Alensky leaked word that large numbers of poor people were going to tie up the washrooms of O'Hare Airport, Chicago City authorities quickly agreed to act on a longstanding commitment to a ghetto organization. They imagined the mayhem as thousands of passengers poured off airplanes to discover every washroom occupied. Then they imagined the international embarrassment and the damage to the city's reputation. Rule 10. The price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. Avoid being trapped by an opponent or an interviewer who says, okay, what would you do? (laughs) Interesting. Rule 11, pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, polarize it. Don't try to attack attack abstract corporations or bureaucracies. Identify a responsible individual. Ignore attempts to shift or spread the blame. Notice what that is? Accuse. (coughs) Accuse. Who is Satan? The accuser. According to Alinsky, the main job of the organizer is to bait an opponent into reacting. The enemy properly goaded and guided in his reaction will be your major strength. I want everyone to, we should post this on the site. We yeah. should have this as a blog. We'll, we'll, we'll link this. Power is not only what you have, but what your opponent thinks you have. Never go outside the experience of your people. Whenever possible, go outside the experience. Make opponents live up to their own books. All of these things, tactics and this, that's a temper tantrum of a three-year-old. Ooh, that's it's good. literally a three-year-old saying no and then they ridicule their mom you're stupid i hate you you don't love me mom, oh, oh i don't want you to so hate good. me kid the weak person will say oh no i don't want to oh i can't discipline him because it's gonna hurt his little feel it's literally the temper tantrum all yeah. of this of a three-year-old that's terrible so twos good, and three. all of this the price of an unsuccessful attack is a constructive alternative you know what would you do kid give the kid the choice no we don't no i don't want to no. 
you're gonna you're gonna feel my pain. Yeah, that's what that's what temper tantrums are. This yeah. whole thing, switching up issues. Like if if you won't give oh, me yeah, the cookie yeah, yeah. now, all of a sudden I'm gonna be mad. You're not letting me outside, yep. and you know. I will, I will fight you just because I need to fight you. you and know? they'll polarize the issue. They'll go to your, your dad instead of your mom. And, oh, she totally yeah. did this to me. And blah, blah. You see what I'm saying? Literally. And if you as a Christian fall into the trap of a temper tantrum of a three-year-old, you're not mature in Christ. Right. The word says, I don't care what you say. Well, they accuse me. So what? They accuse Christ and he never reviled. The truth will win the day. The spirit of God will win the day. Don't get caught up in this stuff. And and to round it out, I think pulling out those rules, what you see is truth needs to find a way through. You've got to hold on to truth because what this does is it tries to obfuscate truth obfuscate. and get your mind off of truth and onto the, the whims and the agendas of the enemy. Mm, hear that. Don't pay attention to all of this junk. Pay attention to the truth. Fight for the truth organize to move forward with the truth right and so i think truth is such an important topic because people don't give it the priority that it needs they just figure well it's it's acceptable it's it's a sure bet it's not in this realm and we showed it with changing of words we showed Agreed. it with propaganda we showed 100%. it with tactics of the right i think i think that's where we're at is these tactics are getting us to our basic weaker instincts which is a child Children react that way because they're they're not developed. Yeah. And so we're treating humans as undeveloped. Come on. Did you not hear the whole podcast, the, the process of the podcast? We're getting you to where you're just not even fully developed. We want you to keep you ignorant because ignorance, ignorance will get you to react in this yes. way. And Christians who don't know their word, who don't know their issues on politics, who don't know, you come into it and you react. And this is why a lot of podcasts are gaining a lot of attention. Hate me if you want. I don't care. But. You know why people do it? Because they react to what the left is doing. And you know what? People love that thirst. They love that anger. They love that attack. The they energy attack of the, the enemy. Thing. Yeah. And it's like, or we could be a Christian and the truth will expose them. And, and the truth, and I, I want to leave it with this. The truth is so important because there's actual psychological training that can happen where if you keep somebody off kilter and in unstable all the time, they end up just submitting to you because they're so tired of being off balance. But when your eyes are fully on Christ, when your identity is fully in Christ and Christ is the truth that you keep your vision on at all times, you're not swayed to and fro. So you're not mm. unstable. You're, you don't, you don't give into that psychological game of we'll keep you off kilter until you just accept what we tell you. Right. And that's exactly what governments do. That's exactly what, wickedness does Amen. keep your eyes on truth because then you're on Perfect. the rock you're not on the sand you're walking towards christ on top of the water Amen. not in the storm right so guys subscribe subscribe to us click the button share uh comment revive all review all of that revive review revive review revive the review review the revive Ooh. Anyways, I don't know what you just said, but know. it was good. Go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Check out the blog. Make sure to leave your comments easy. Uh, checks through that stuff. Guys, he All kept right, himself he's down. on for I two did. weeks. It, it, <laughs> I, did. I do. I do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> uh -huh. All right. Thank you so much, guys. You guys have a great day. Love you guys. Love you guys.